Jay, and we're still following the activity involving JSO surrounding a vehicle uh, off Gulf Air and I-95 in Brentwood. We have Alexis Clevenger on scene, and we'll continue to update you on this developing storyline. It's been there for a while as team coverage of the aftermath of Delia continues in Lake City. Homes damaged. Now I'm about to hit another roof, and it's just being catastrophic, man. Honestly, this is terrible for everybody. And tens of thousands still without power and a lot of damage in the Big Bend as the storm made Category 3 landfall, high-end Category 3, uh, in Taylor County near Keaton Beach. Live continuing team coverage to Washington. Fox's Jared Halpern, and we know that FEMA's been engaged with uh, uh, the governor here and uh, obviously the governor as well in Georgia and South Carolina as the storm has just raked damage across multiple states, Jared. Yeah, and, and you know, as you saw, this storm uh, moved a little bit further north, I think, and it certainly spared Jacksonville, I think, the, the brunt of the storm, mm-hmm. but it has meant a, a lot more widespread uh, power outages and, and flooding concerns up the uh, up the coast there, to your point, in Georgia and the Carolinas. Today, uh, the FEMA director, Deanne Criswell, is in Florida. She left uh, yesterday evening. She will be doing some damage assessments on the ground with Governor DeSantis as they now start the uh, process of recovery and, and sort of figuring out uh, what this rebuilding effort uh, will look like, what resources are going to be needed uh, from FEMA's perspective. Obviously, FEMA was able to pre-position a lot of assets and resources out to our multiple uh, departments within the Florida and other Southeast uh, states governments. So that's going to be, I think, job number one is, is restoring power um, as quickly as possible in, in areas where that's possible to do as well. Earlier in the week, I was reading a story that the president had asked Congress to approve $12 billion to help refill FEMA's disaster yep. relief fund, forecast to be out of emergency money by now. So they still have money now. The, the reason that this is becoming more crucial, though, is remember the fiscal year in September 30th, Rich. So FEMA is going to need its money reauthorized by then anyway. Uh, But we have seen now uh, the devastation in Maui. We have seen, obviously, Hurricane Adalia. We have seen wildfires and floods and other natural disasters across uh, the western part of of the United States. And so I would suspect that that $12 billion figure, uh, which is a supplemental uh, request, in other words, if Congress can only pass, say, a short-term spending bill, a CR, this would be on top of that. I would not be surprised to see that number increase that $12 billion request where it was put in before Maui, before certainly Adalia, and we are seeing now um, a lot of need, uh, especially in kind of not the, the emergency funds that they need to get out right away, but in a lot of the long-term funding that FEMA also is trying to do. And you saw that yesterday a little bit, President Biden talking about um, transportation infrastructure money that's now going to be moved to Hawaii to try and harden their electric grid. A lot of what this money in the infrastructure law is aimed to do is make communities susceptible to these natural disasters um, more resilient so that when these events occur, uh, the, the rebuild maybe is not as significant, the damage is not as significant. So look for that to be a part of the funding conversation as well when Congress gets back to work here next month. We also heard the president take the opportunity to address climate change as he was talking about the Maui response and the uh, destruction here in Florida. Not a new message from the president. He has been pretty clear that um, you know we are seeing an uptick in, in the severity of these storms. Now, Deanne Criswell, the FEMA director, was asked about it as well. Um, she didn't specifically say that this is a cause of, of climate change or sort of attribute a cause for climate change, but did say that these storms that we are seeing in the Atlantic are increasingly more intense because of warmer ocean waters. And so, again, 
that's one of the reasons you have seen President Biden in a lot of these um, legislative packages, these, these infrastructure and spending packages focus on what he calls climate resiliency, trying to find ways, whether it's bearing electric lines, doing clearing projects, making uh, buildings uh, more uh, to withstand more, more wind or, or more flooding. That's part of what the administration's trying to, to press upon lawmakers as they, they put in these, these requests that these types of disasters are happening in their view with more frequency and with more intensity. Fox's Jared Halpern, part of our team coverage in Washington. Thanks, as always, as we're approaching the 1st of September and we're just about a week and a half away from the peak of the Atlantic hurricane season. The remnants of Adelia continuing to lash the Carolina coastline. Franklin is still uh, a storm out in the middle of the Atlantic and brand new this morning, depression becoming uh, Jose, Tropical Storm Jose in the central Atlantic. No threat to us. And in fact, Chief Meteorologist Mike Burr says, despite all the activity that you may see on the National Hurricane Center map, Nothing is going to threaten us well into next week. Uh, so you are all systems go for the long Labor Day weekend. The full five-day forecast just ahead as Jacksonville's morning news continues. It's 847.